Welcome to Steamy Stories. This daily podcast features the best developing authors of love stories, along with exotic journals of passionate and explicit human interaction. Our curators have selected stories each day, bringing a diverse collection of storylines. Some are historic, some are futuristic, but they all relate to the human quest of physical and emotional desires for sexual expression. We delve into the youthful discovery of sexuality. We chronicle the vast expressions of healthy affection and sex drive. We feature the creative ways that real people overcome life's adversities and limitations and still find sexual fulfillment. And we celebrate the successes of people who restore losses in their love life and go on living in a pleasurable and generous way. Balanced sexuality is essential to healthcare for body, soul, and spirit. Subscribe to Steamy Stories podcast in your mobile apps and browsers. And now, today's story. Lost in Eros, Book 2, The Forest Part 2 By Bradenton Larry Don stood and moved around his chair, following the white-haired woman toward the large red tent. He stole one more glance over his shoulder and saw that Tusha had been pulled to the foot of the altar. Her legs were wrapped around the column of deep shadow that stood over her there. Her hands were on her breasts, and her head lolled to the side with eyes tightly closed. Don imagined that the guardian of the portal was fucking her vigorously with his steely cock. He looked back to the woman leading him, who was looking back at him with an amused smile. Don said, I didn't see a portal. The portal is somewhat metaphorical. Cassandra called to me and the guardian, the guardian came, then Tasha came in the other sense, which made it possible for me to come to you. So he's really not a guardian, but more of a conductor. She laughed as she drew aside the flap of the tent and pulled him inside. Yes, that is perhaps a more apt description. The tent was lit by a number of candles, and was sumptuously appointed with large, soft carpets and many pillows. And you are hardly what I would call a crone, Don smiled, admiring the cool beauty of her face and the lithe sexuality of her form. It's a title, not a description, she answered as she untied the silver cord cinching her gown about her narrow waist. However, if you would prefer a different appearance. She changed abruptly into an ancient, toothless hag, straight out of a stereotypical fairy tale, or Macbeth. She laughed harshly and said, perhaps not, though. What about this? Something more befitting the images conjured up in your mind by the right you witnessed so patiently. She was now a pale woman in a white nightgown. Thick dark hair fell in a tumult down around her shoulders. Her eyes were dark and glowing with a feral lust. Her full lips parted to show long, sharp canines, and were red with blood blood that covered her chin, and had splattered all over her generous cleavage. Don immediately recalled his fevered teenage fantasies, and felt his cock strain despite the obvious danger of the situation. Or maybe you would prefer I took the appearance of someone more familiar, she said with Tasha's mouth. Don watched as Tasha shrugged out of the black shift the crone was wearing, to reveal the slim body he had lately come to know so well. Don was both taken aback by these sudden transformations, and now completely convinced that there was more to all of the evening's events that clever tricks. He swallowed and managed to say, no, your original appearance was more than satisfactory. Ah, thank you, she smiled, and stood before him as she was before, though now naked. Her breasts were not large, but firm for a woman of her apparent age, and the rest of her body was obviously fit and trim. 
She reached out to take his hand again and drew him to her. As Don's arms slipped around her unusually cool body, her hand took his straining cock in a strong grip. When their lips met and his tongue slipped into her mouth, Don found himself suddenly remembering his first kiss with remarkable clarity. Then he was reliving the moment he lost his virginity in the basement of his teenage home, the time he had had sex with his girlfriend while another couple were doing it only feet away, in a cheap motel, the time he had slept with a certifiably unhinged woman who was also a completely uninhibited wildcat in bed, the first and second of the threesomes he had enjoyed, and every other memorable sexual moment from his life before the manor. The memories flooded through his mind in vivid detail, as the crone kissed him passionately, sucking on his tongue and stroking his cock in her tight grasp. He felt himself being pulled down to the sea of soft pillows as scenes from his time in the manor played out in his mind. He remembered waking up next to Tasha. In that strange bedroom, the wild, unexpected encounter with the nymphettes, including the first time he'd seen Tasha come, the sexual escapades involved in that dodgeball game, including seeing Tasha fucking the player, the orgiastic ball, the night with the lady, the first time he and Tasha had sex, watching and participating in Tasha's little gangbang in the second floor corridor, the wild night in the disco, and the orgy in the steam room, and many other intense erotic memories swept. Through his mind, Don felt himself entering the crone's surprisingly hot and wet vagina. The strong grip was no surprise. Still reliving his wilder sexual memories in exceptionally vivid detail, Don held onto the strong but slender woman beneath him and fucked. He fucked her both as if it was the only thing he could imagine doing and as if his life depended upon it. He felt as if his cock was penetrating deeper into the crone than was physically possible. Her muscles squeezed and pulled at him with incredible dexterity and strength. The vision of Tasha being taken on top of the stone altar was in his mind when Don began to come. To say this was the most intense orgasm of Don's life would be a severe understatement. The cum boiled out of his balls and shot out of him into the crone in a gushing torrent. He shoved into her and continued to pump jet after jet of cum. He felt her arms and legs wrap around him, pulling him tighter to him, even as her pussy squeezed and pulled at his cock. He thought for a moment that it felt that there were more than just two arms and two legs holding him to her. He opened his eyes and saw the crone looking at him with a cool, happy smile on her lips. Don felt the orgasm slowly subsiding, but then that preternaturally skilled pussy pulled him on, and he was squirting still more cum into her. When he could no longer pump any cum, it seemed that her pussy went on sucking it from him. The ecstasy of coming became a frightening overdose of pleasure, and then a painful ordeal, as what seemed like minutes passed and he was drained of cum. He groaned wordlessly, and surrendered to the blackness of unconsciousness. Don had no idea how long he was out before he felt the crone caressing his face with her cool fingers and kissing his lips lightly. When he opened his eyes, she was smiling down at him. You seek the sage of the tower, she said. Go down into the valley and follow the river there to its source, and you will find the tower. Oh, but what dash, he tried. Shush, she smiled, that is all you need to know. Thank you for your gift, Don. Don thought he should say my pleasure, but he wasn't sure if that was true, and in any case he was already falling asleep. Chapter 3. Tasha saved and caught, rough sex in the forest. Like Don had done a week earlier, while he was with the crone, 
Tasha found herself reliving the erotic adventures she had had since waking up in the manor. The sounds of the warrior women feasting and carousing nearby only taunted her with the thought that someone might remember her and bring her some food and water. Her deliberate mental game of remembering her time in Eros, while she hung tied to the big, wooden X-cross, served to distract her from not only her hunger and thirst, but also from her frustration and dejection at being in this predicament. These depressing thoughts reminded her of the day, was it three days ago already? She must have been very close to drowning, her vision darkening and her temples pounding, when the strong slender arms had slipped around her from behind and she was hoisted up to the surface of the river. She had gulped air into her lungs desperately and allowed herself to be drawn to shore. Too weak from struggling against the current, Tasha was limp and useless as she was hauled up onto the sandy bank. She lay there gasping until she felt soft feminine hands brushing the wet hair out of her face. When she opened her eyes, she saw a beautiful young woman with big eyes of blue-green and long straight hair of emerald green looking down at her with concern. Thank you for saving me, Tasha finally managed. The green-haired girl smiled at her with full inviting lips. She touched Tasha's lips with light fingertips. She licked her own as she traced the outline of Tasha's lips. She looked over Tasha's naked, wet body, and Tasha raised her head enough to see that the girl was also naked and obviously wet. She seemed to be very thin, but strong and quite pale. The girl looked back at Tasha's face and smiled again, and Tasha thought this smile was a bit friendlier now, well, this is Eros. After all, Tasha thought to herself, dot it's probably customary to sleep with anyone who saves your life. As if she could read Tasha's mind, the girl leaned in closer, brushing Tasha's skin with her wet hair, and kissed her mouth tentatively. The girl's lips and tongue were cool and moist, and Tasha found herself returning the gentle kiss happily. After only minutes earlier thinking that she was about to drown, this interlude was a most welcome turn of events. Tasha slipped her arms around her rescuer and held her body against her own. For some time, they lay there on the wet ground, kissing each other languorously. Then, with a smile, the green-haired girl pulled away a little and then moved a bit lower, so she could kiss her way down the curve of Tasha's breast. Tasha shuddered as the girl took her nipple and sucked on it. Tasha parted her legs in anticipation as she felt the girl's hand moving up along the inside of her thigh. Suddenly, though, the girl raised her head and looking into the nearby tree line with obvious alarm. In another second, Tasha heard the sound of someone coming toward them through the undergrowth. It's okay, that's just my friends looking for me, Tasha smiled at the girl, who immediately shook her head and pulled away from Tasha's embrace. Tasha took the moment to look around a bit more carefully and realized that she was quite a bit downriver from where she had fallen in and, moreover, on the wrong side. It couldn't possibly be Don and the others making all that noise in the woods. Tasha looked warily at the woods and then back to the girl who had saved her life. She was alarmed to see the green-haired waif diving back into the water. Wait! Tasha called as she scrambled to her feet. Oh, damn, said a masculine voice behind her. She got away. Of course she did, said another. The way you two go crashing about, it's impossible to sneak up on anything. At least we've got a consolation prize this time, said a third. Being called a consolation prize almost wiped the shocked expression off Tasha's face. Out of the forest had emerged three figures, about five and a half feet tall, with long, dark, 
curly hair and beards, and bare, muscular torsos and arms. They also had short, curled horns growing out of their foreheads and the hindquarters of goats. Naturally, they also had very prominent and generous male genitalia. Of course, after meeting Ralph the centaur she should not have been so surprised to be confronted by bona fide satyrs. In fact, Ralph hadn't even been the strangest thing she'd encountered since leaving the manor. There was the demonic guardian of the portal to name just one thing point one thing that had fucked my brains out. She thought to herself. Still, in spite of herself, Tasha was shocked by the sight of these half-man, half-goats. She does look like she'll give us some sport, said one of the satyrs with an obvious leer. How about it, toots, grinned the third one who'd spoken, you up for some fun and games. Um, actually, I was just going to find my friends, Tasha said taking a step toward the forest away from the three satyrs. We can be your friends, suggested the satyr, who had spoken first. He took a step closer to her on his hoofed feet and gave his already hard and thick cock a squeeze. We're very friendly. Oh, well, I'm sure, but I should really be going. What's the hurry, said satyr number two, without taking his eyes off her naked body. Come on, honey, said number three, we'll show you a real good time. Tasha was simultaneously revolted by the smarmy attitudes. Alarmed that it seemed clear they had no intention of taking no for an answer, and annoyed with herself for being a bit aroused by the thought of having a real good time with three goatmen. Goddam that fucking XYZ. Tell you what, said number two, doing his apparent best to sound good-natured, we'll give you a head start, and if we catch you we'll have some fun. Thinking it was a good idea to take advantage of a chance to put some distance between herself and them, Tasha nodded and said, fine. Without waiting for them to say anything else, she sprang for the trees and made for the nearest hillside up away from the river. Tree branches lashed at her bare skin, and she wished she had fallen into the river with her sandals on, but she didn't slow down. She clambered up a hill, vaulted over a large rock and then half ran, half fell down the other side, only to start up the next one. Ducking under a thick branch, she turned to the left and started running along the ridge of a line of hills that seemed to parallel the course of the river. She was trying to close some of the distance between the satyrs and where she had fallen into the river. She was vaguely aware that there were now sounds of pursuit echoing in the forest. Tasha slowed just a little to catch her breath, but that only allowed her to realize that the satyrs were getting alarmingly close. She even caught sight of one moving through the trees off to her left, cutting her off from the river. Plunging ahead again, with renewed determination, Tasha clambered up the side of the next hill almost on all fours. At the top of the steep slope, she saw a sunlit clearing in the distance. With the vague hope that she might be able to get someone's attention on the other side of the river, Tasha set her sights on reaching that clearing. She might have made it too, if she hadn't tripped on an ill-placed route. Tasha went sprawling in the thick forest carpet of leaves right in front of an enormous tree trunk that had fallen years ago, and was now covered with a deep layer of green moss. She heard someone coming up the hill close behind her, and frantically scrambled to her feet. Tasha hurried to get hold of the mossy tree trunk and raised her foot to get purchase on it so she could vault over, but then felt a strong, hairy arm slipping around her waist to pull her back down. Gotcha, the satyr laughed, as he pulled her behind against his front, at the same time pushing her chest and face forward against the soft moss in front of her. Tasha struggled, trying to twist out of his grasp, 
but he was too strong and she was too winded. She felt the head of his cock between her legs and rubbing up against her outer lips. He pushed her against the moss with one hand, holding her in place, while using the other to get his sex organ in the right position. Tasha gritted her teeth as he pushed himself into her. It wasn't an enormous cock, but it was hard and thick, and she had to admit at that moment, with the XYZ and the adrenaline of the chase coursing through her veins, it felt good to be filled. Tasha clutched the mossy trunk and closed her eyes as the satyr held onto her hips roughly and began to fuck in and out of her from behind, shoving violently. In addition to the sensation of the penis sliding in and out of her all too eager pussy, Tasha was keenly aware of the thick mat of fur brushing against her legs, but as he took her and the fact that her tits were being pressed into the yielding moss with the solid resistance of the tree behind it. She knew that she was, basically, being raped by a half-man, half-goat creature, but she also knew she was enjoying it. The question of whether she should actually consider this rape would occupy her mind quite a bit in the days afterward, and particularly while she was strapped to the X-Cross. On the one hand, she had actually said fine to the satyr's proposal that if we catch you we'll have some fun, but on the other, at the time of that agreement she had been convinced they were going to have their way with her in any case. However, she knew that rape in the normal world she called home was not really a crime of sex but of violence. Someone who raped another wasn't really trying to have sex with them, but to hurt them. Somehow, Tasha did not get the sense that these satyrs wanted to hurt her in the least. They seemed to just want to fuck, and given the nature of this world, it might be reasonable for them to presume that she would enjoy a good tumble in the woods. Still, the girl who had pulled her from the river had obviously wanted to avoid getting caught by the randy goat men. Later she would ponder these issues, but for that moment against the moss-covered tree trunk, she just let herself enjoy the rough fucking. It wasn't too long before the goat man began to shove into her with even more force, and then his cock swelled and shot his hot satyr come into her. It felt like there was quite a bit, and it took him some time before he pulled out of her and slapped her but happily. Tasha slumped against the fallen tree trunk, both relieved and frustrated. She started to push away from the tree, to make an attempt at gaining that clearing ahead somewhere, but another pair of rough hands took hold of her and pushed her back against the moss. Not so fast, toots, said Saturn number three. Without any other preamble, he shoved his cock into her pussy, squishing his partners come out to run down the insides of her thighs. Tasha surprised herself by letting out a happy moan as she was filled again. While the satyr proceeded to fuck her with great enthusiasm, Tasha let go of the moss with her left hand and managed to get it down between the trunk and her body, so she could get her fingers on her clit. She began to stroke herself frantically as the cock bestoned in and out of her almost savagely. In only moments, Tasha found herself gasping and moaning as her orgasm tore through her violated body. She shook and whimpered while the satyr had his way with her until he filled her up with his own flood of cum. He pulled out of her, and she felt more cum running down her legs. Laughing, he said, told you would have fun. Tasha wasn't surprised to hear satyr number one say, my turn. This time, though, she managed to roll around and get her back against the mossy tree trunk. She actually found herself smiling at the hairy goat man as he stepped up in front of her. Tasha put her hands on his broad shoulders and let him lift her up a bit. Soon, she had her thighs supported on his furry haunches as he pushed his eager cock up inside her. She looked at his grinning, 
bearded face with its little horns, and even laughed a little as he lowered his mouth to her tits to suck and bite on her nipples. She rocked against him as he fucked in and out of her, letting his hairy torso rub against her clit. Leaning back against the curve of the trunk behind her, Tasha let herself enjoy getting fucked there in the woods by an actual satyr. She smiled when she felt his cock swell inside her to spew a third torrent of cum into her pussy, only to spill in a slow river out of her as soon as he withdrew. She noticed that the other two satyrs were still standing there, watching, with still very hard cocks standing in front of them. Perhaps they would have let her go in that moment, but Tasha had her mind on other things. She laughed and said, well, hello boys, are you just going to stand there? I thought you promised me a good time. This prompted laughter from all three of them, and they hastened forward. In the next moment, Tasha was surrounded by all three of the satyrs, as they poured her with their eager hands and kissed and nibbled at her wherever they could reach. Fingers pinched her nipples and pushed up inside her soggy cunt. One enterprising individual got his finger nice and slippery and pushed it up inside her ass. This reminded Tasha of that wonderful time she'd had in the steam room with Don and Peter, only a few days earlier, and gave her an idea. Okay, well, before we go any further, don't you think you should introduce yourselves? Tasha laughed, any further. They've each fucked me and they've got their fingers in my pussy and ass. Oh, I'm Scratch, said Satta number two. I'm Roscoe, said number one. And I'm Bob, said three. I'm Tasha, she said. Now that we've got that out of the way. Why don't you lie down on your back here, Bob? Bob was only too happy to comply, and Tasha promptly straddled him, and took his stiff cock in her hand, pushing the head of it into her pussy, which was quite ready for more action. She sank down on Bob's shaft, leaning forward by placing both hands on his broad hairy chest. Tasha slid up and down on him a couple of times, just because it felt good. Then, she looked over her shoulder and said, Scratch, can you get back there and fuck me in the ass? I sure can. Scratch said with a grin. There was some scrambling around, and an interesting moment when Scratch pushed his finger up inside her wet pussy with Bob's cock, oh my. That's interesting. I'll have to try to remember that. After her own juices and a liberal amount of satacum was worked into her, but and smeared over his organ, Scratch slowly pushed himself into her butt. Oh fuck that feels good, she exclaimed. Yes, push it in me. An unexpected orgasm hit her then, and she held still there as her pussy and as clenched on the two cocks inside her. Moaning and trembling, Tasha rode it out with a smile on her face. When she had started to come down, she looked down at Bob and over her shoulder at Scratch and said, Well, what are you waiting for boys, fuck me. The two satyrs began to do as they were told, working their thick, hard cocks in and out of her. Whether they had practiced this trick before or it was an innate satyr skill, they quickly got into a perfect rhythm, pumping and grinding against her body, as if the three of them were one ideal sex machine. Tasha made sure she was giving as good as she was getting, working her pelvis in time with the way the satyrs were pushing and pulling inside her. When she felt comfortable and knew she could keep up, she looked around and beckoned Roscoe over. The third satyr moved over on his cloven hooves to stand in front of Tasha. She reached up with her left hand and took his cock in her hand and pulled it to her mouth, tasting his cum and her own juices on him. Once she had the fat head in her mouth, she stroked the shaft in her fist. 
Bob reached up to cup her breasts in his hands and to help hold her up. Letting Bob and Scratch do most of the fucking work, Tasha relaxed to enjoy those sensations and concentrated her active attention on Roscoe's cock. She pulled him closer so that she could get her mouth working up and down on him, pushing the head deeper in her mouth so she could feel his thick shaft moving over her lips and her tongue. I wish Don could see me. She thought as she relaxed her throat and sank deeper onto Roscoe's cock. She let go of the base of his shaft and held onto his hips with both hands, both for support and to shove him back if it became necessary. But she was now letting him fuck her mouth and throat. Roscoe was surprisingly careful, holding her head gently in his hands and moving slowly and steadily. Meanwhile, Bob lay under her flexing his hairy abdomen to push himself up inside her pussy, and Scratch held onto her hips and fucked in and out of her as vigorously. Tasha was intent on making the satyrs come before she came again, but her body had other ideas, and soon she was moaning and trembling while an intense orgasm shook her from head to toe. The frantic clenching of her pussy and as pulled Bob and Scratch past the point of no return, and they filled her up with more of their come Roscoe, who had come most recently anyway, held out a bit longer, but the other two were still inside her when Tasha felt him swelling in her mouth and throat and then pumping gout after gout of sweet, hot come into her stomach, and then filling her mouth. Pulling away from her, he splashed on final stream of pearly jizz across the bridge of her nose and down her cheek. Still hard, Bob and Scratch continued to fuck her squishy pussy and ass until she came again and again. Only when she had collapsed between them, did they extract themselves and carry her off to their camp in the forest, where they bathed and fed her. That night, the next day, and the night after was spent in a marathon of satyr fucking that left Tasha exhausted. Tasha now, bound to the X-cross, strained again at her restraints, wishing she could get at her pussy and clit now. She needed to make herself come. She remembered how she had awoken the third day, well into afternoon. The satyrs were gone, and she was surrounded by the gathering party from the warrior woman camp. Angry at being abandoned, worn out from the incessant demands of three hard pricks, frustrated at being lost, Tasha had been a bit happy to learn that she was going to be taken to a bunch of women, but that hadn't lasted long. She remembered how they had tied her up underneath the pole carried on the shoulders of two brawny men. The next two days were spent hanging there as she was carried further down river, to the castle where she now stood on frustrating display. To be continued. By Bradenton Larry for Literotica. Thanks for joining us for today's steamy story. Come back tomorrow for another tale of explicit romance and passion. We hope you found pleasure in today's story. Be sure to subscribe to Steamy Stories Podcast in your mobile podcasting app. Our podcast server and website also contains our full library of past episodes. Happy dreams.